0: everyone, welcome back to Central American Voices. This is Susan Garcia. Hola, bienvenidos a Voces Centroamericanas. Mi nombre es Alejandra Quiros. Le agradecemos por sintonizarnos una vez más. In today's episode, we are with Joanna Moncada Sosa, founder of CAFE at the University of Virginia. She's currently on her fourth year majoring in foreign affairs, political and social thought, and in sociology. Thank you for being with us, Joanna. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, yeah, as you said, my name is Juana um, Moncada Sosa. I use she, her pronouns. I'm originally from South Carolina, but I go to school in Virginia at the University of Virginia, which is where I'm currently I'm doing my quarantine right now. Um, my entire family is from Honduras. I am um, the first child that both of my parents had born and raised in the, in the United States. Um, and so growing up, however, I was, um, constantly like going to Honduras and all that to meet like family members and all that. So in terms of like feeling connected with my Honduran identity, um, it's always been there for sure. And just because my parents are also very adamant about, about it as well, especially like teaching me the language and all that. And so that's a little bit about me. <laughs> Thank you, Joanna. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, I know you are the founder of uh, Cafe at the University of Virginia. Uh, one of the questions that I want to ask you is how important it is to have a presentation and an education institution, Fucking important, you know, not only as um Hispanic Latinos or you know, but well, other groups, but as Central Americans. Yeah. Um, I think it's extremely important just because especially like being in a Southern state um, Central Americans as a whole are often like overlooked um, particularly when it comes to like Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, even Georgia. Um, Florida is like an exception maybe, but um, I think, I think it just in particular, it's very important just because, as we see, like, waves of migrants coming into the country, a lot of them are actually being located or, like, relocated to um, the Southeast in particular, and so we're seeing, like, an increase of Central Americans here, and even before, um, like, the recent influx of migrants, for example, there were already pockets of Central American communities across, like, not only Virginia alone, but other parts of the Southeast, and it's, personally, I think it's very important to, you know, not look at them as just like Latino, um, Latinx, Mm -hmm. Hispano, whatever, just because, um, well, in general, those terms don't actually like tell you anything, right? Like they don't, you know, those are constructed words um, that are just meant to describe like, you know, some type of community that has a common denominator that which is that they speak Spanish right or that they're from Latin America um but in particular like when it comes to like Central America like what is important to also like understand and take in light of is that um you know like many of these countries within that region have been at the chokehold of the United States right and so like what does it mean especially like to be a part of that diaspora or you know to have like direct descendants or even yourself, be you a direct descendant from that region and like being here. And additionally, it's also about, you know, like separating ourselves from the fact that like, just in general, you know, like all Latinxes here in the United States are grouped within the Mexican category. And, not mm-hmm. the, and of course, you know, there's nothing wrong about that. Nothing wrong about, you know, Mexican culture at all. It's very rich and fruitful in of it itself. But by claiming that, you know, Honduras, for example, is like Mexican um, inherently, what you're doing is just committing another form of erasure. You're, you sure. know, committing you're committing erasure of the different ethnic groups that are already being erased it, themselves mm-hmm. by, you know, the Honduran government or the Guatemalan government or the Panamanian government, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And on top of that, you're committing just a completely a a complete wipe down of the whole region and you're erasing complexities, you're erasing the distinctions between the cultures, you know, even like when it comes to dialects um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the linguistic flavor within each of the country's accents and, and how those differ between the regions, like you're just erasing all of these complexities and nuances of each country that is disheartening just because it's very rich. And and there's a lot to learn from Central America as a whole when you have discussions on like colonization, U.S. imperialism, race, ethnicity, gender, etc. cetera. Um, and so in general, when you have, you know, when you're at an, at an educational institution and you know they're like at least at the university of virginia i do think that it could do a lot better um as i have seen often at institutions in california for example of having classes like being more on like you know latin america or like specializing in different parts of latin america and we don't really have it as much here and so a lot of the times like it's up to like student organizations to especially those that are emphasizing like a particular region or like a type of culture or religion. It's up to those organizations to like educate the masses if you will um to feel represented and to have you know their aspects of whatever respective culture they're a part of to be present mm-hmm. at the institution and so mm-hmm. That was definitely like part of the logic behind trying to bring cafe onto UVA at the University of Virginia, mm-hmm. just because there wasn't a group like this before. There wasn't a group that particularly focused on this region at all. And after mm-hmm. seeing how the cafe chapters at that time, it, that, you know, the ca- cafe only had existed just in California, we're the first one. We're the first chapter on the East Coast to um, exist, to be an extension of that organization, which was really exciting for us, um, and was very exciting for our comrades in California as well, um, mm-hmm. who helped us like uplift the organization and helped help us like create the positions and like different things like that. Um, so that that was just like very, very cool to see, just because like we saw the cool things that they were doing, and we wanted to mirror that here and Although you know particularly the amount of Central Americans that go to school here at the University of Virginia, it is quite small. We do go to a you know this is a historically white institution. Um, so mm-hmm. in general, like my, like in terms of like the numbers, like of marginalized and minoritized communities, it is quite small. In general, mm-hmm. I would say across the board, there's about like 6% Latinx students that currently attend the University of Virginia. Um, and of course, the percentage is even smaller when we're just focusing on Central Americans, right? And That's so, right, right. And like, and I think it's important having a space like cafe which of course is Central American based, but not exclusive at all. So we definitely have members who, you know, don't have family in Central America. They're not Central American themselves, but they're interested in like learning about Central Mm -hmm. America, which is, which that in of itself, like already satisfies, like, and completes to an extent, like our mission, right. Um, Of like bringing awareness to this region of the world that is commonly like overlooked and if it is looked at it's usually like a misrepresentation of it or exactly. you know, yeah exactly. And so it's just like, you know, we're trying to combat like certain things while also like putting our foot on the ground and like letting people know like, you know, we're here, like like this is a community of groups that this is a, a community of people that is important to, you know, pay attention to. Um especially as like, you know, currently with the discussion of like immigration, the main people that we're talking about are Central American migrants, right? Exactly, yes. And so it's like different things like that, especially when you go to Thomas Jefferson's plantation, like we're literally on his plantation, you know, it's important in general across the board for minoritized and marginalized communities to have those spaces that they can confide with With each other, right? um, because mm-hmm. that sense of community is definitely gonna like uplift us from the struggles of attending a university like this one, especially if you also come from a low income first generation background, which I personally do as well, and so just as a whole, like it's important for <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm like repeating myself again, but it's just, like, <laughs> it's just, like super important as a whole for like one having representation in general across the board and also like yes talking about the problems that exist in Central America but also like going into detail as to like okay how did it happen as well so mm-hmm. learning more about the nuances spreading aspects about the culture you know like how to make different types of food or like or going into more about the different ethnic groups that exist mm-hmm in central america and what are they doing there in terms of like like we we definitely are more of a like political type of organization um we try to be equal and like 50 50 on like cultural and political um but a lot of the people on the core team currently we definitely like Um, kind of lean more towards like the political side of certain Mm -hmm. things (laughs) and so we definitely like have had discussions and events and we've had guest speakers come um, to discuss like what are they doing um, in their respective country in terms of like social movements and things like that what are the challenges that they are going through and more importantly as well is like how can we being here also help um and so it's 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 interesting just like creating that bridge and more importantly creating that distinction so that people know that like yes central america is a part of latin america as a whole and you know of course there are similarities between central america and the other regions of latin america but in of itself it's different it has a different history and you know we're not one particular country all across the board if that makes sense yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I, I feel like it's very, very important what you said, how representation matters within a minority community. You know, I we tend to see the Hispanic, Latinos, a general uh, community being a very marginalized community. Um, I'm not saying that's the only one is actually a lot of communities. But when you're in a community which is like blood- like a minority, and you are a minority of a minority. I feel like we truly need um, representation. One of the things that you mentioned that I actually saw in your declaration of existence, how the University of Virginia has compromised from six, almost 6% six of Hispanic Latinx, and, you know, of course, the percent of Central America, of course, is, is lower than that in your campus. And for me, going to Norwich, which is one of the, is very diverse community and having the opportunity to go to actually have classes um, in the Central American studies, I feel you know um, grateful and blessed to have the opportunity and I feel like older others need to have the same opportunities. The reason is because most of the Central American community now is for you know people who just migrated here. People who migrated a long time ago, or first generation, you know. And I am not first generation that migrated here. Um, uh, but I feel like for the first generation Central Americans, school is the first place where you not only at home where you learn your culture, but school is where you learn the political, the, the side. And as you said, yeah, it can be as political. But I always tend to say, well, you cannot talk about Central America without being a little bit political. Absolutely. Because there's so so many things that happen in Central America that it's the perspective, if you don't see it from the perspective of the political side, you will never know what, where exactly the problem is, you know. And Central America has gone through a lot, not only with the government, but through, you know, the years, a lot of problems that have gone through Central America. And of course, as a community here in the U.S., but always looking looking there, you know, looking to the region that even though we're miles, miles apart, is always so connected to us. And I feel it's so important how you created a space, as you said, in a more nominated white institution because we all see erasure everywhere. And, you know, even though color skin or nationalities is, you know, in an institution, a lot of people tend to just forget the other side of the institution about the other communities. I feel like it's very important to have institutions or, you know, a space like cafe an institution where we actually not as represented. As I will say, like, let's say knowledge, for example, I can talk about mm-hmm. where I went to school, which is everywhere. You see groups of every ethnicity everywhere on my campus, and to, I'm very happy to hear that you were able to create space in a space in a community and an institution that, you know, if you wouldn't started it, nobody would have, you know. So, um, how does the creation of cafe started? Like, how you started thinking about it? I know it was more about a representation, but how how was the creation of like okay let me start this happen? yeah um i would say that it was around the time that the caravan as they call the caravan crisis really like erupted in the media in october of 2018 um and so essentially that time what i noticed around the campus here um, there weren't any organizations at all that were talking about what was going on, um, which was really frustrating just because it was like, how is any organization here um, ignoring this, right? Um, or just not paying close enough attention to it or hasn't even like mentioned it at all on their platforms or anything like that um especially because there are organizations here that like have like a pretty large reach um you know that there there are organizations here that have been around like way longer than cafe has been for example and so seeing that it was just disappointing and you know as I started like doing more research and and not only that but as I started like also getting more involved with like hashtag like central central american twitter um mm-hmm. i noticed like that there were different groups um like at institutions that were already existing and doing that type of work and i and i just saw how cool would it be if we could do that here and so i went into the group means that we have here we have this one group me called Paso, where like a, just a bunch of like um latinx students Um, are there. And, and I put in another one as well. Um, And essentially, the message was just like, hi, like, if anyone is interested in like developing like an organization or some type of initiative that particularly focuses on Central America, like hit me up, essentially. And people hit me up. (laughs) And (laughs) yeah, it was awesome. Um, And honestly, like, I always feel uncomfortable saying that I'm like the founder, I guess, we, like, you know, mm-hmm. just cause I, I, I would definitely just say like, sure, maybe I was the one that kind of planted the seed, but everyone else was the one that watered it. You know what I mean? And so like yeah. all of us together, like the group, the first group that we had that, were, that was just like really like into it and like worked on like developing it and like starting it up from the ground. um, like. Mm-hmm like we i would say like we're all founders you know to an extent of just like uh, us like growing it together to become what it is now and you know Mm -hmm. in in its first initial steps um i reached out to like cafe at berkeley (laughs) so shout out Mm -hmm. shout out to them Mm -hmm. like literally shout out to arlette like (laughs) all of them just because you know I had conversations with them and, and they passed over like their own resources. So, like the structure of their core team, you know, even their constitution, like all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was during a time that, yeah, there, there were a couple of cafe, um, chapters along the, along like California, but, Then Café on the East Coast, which was us, like for the first time, popped out. And then there were more Café chapters across California as well, also developing. And so it was really, really cool to see that like now we're almost like creating like this network of Café chapters across California and then this one here in Virginia. Um, And... And so, like with their like with their assistance, like mainly like you know the our, our comrades at, at Berkeley um we were able to kind of like form the positions that we thought would be appropriate um and what would be needed for our team here on this particular campus just because like of course our demographics um do vary right mm-hmm. across the institutions um of course yeah. and so we had to adjust and and all that and But that was such, like, a huge, like, let, you know, hand up, like, they literally helped us just, like, formulate and and then us, like, ourselves here as a group, like, thinking about, okay, like, how can we, you know, make it particularly for the type of demographics that we have here? And, like, what exactly do we want to talk about? What angle do we want to take in terms of, like, of course, like, you know, there are organizations that can definitely do both like cultural and political but sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of people like to take out the political out of the cultural right and mm-hmm. and we and we knew from the get-go that that is not something that we wanted to do at all and so that's how it kind of started like we all like like people essentially i i essentially hit up <laughs> hit up the groupies people reached out um and then, like, there was just like, yeah, and like, there was just like an application to kind of like solidify um, positions. And um, even before we had solidified positions, we had already had like an event. And that event essentially was like a political teach in on the caravan crisis, as they were calling it then, right? Mm-hmm. And that was in, col- in collaboration with two other student organizations here, one known as the Latinx Student Alliance, and then the other, which I'm also, um, I'm vice president for currently, and I was an ally trainer for it last year, um, it's known as Dreamers on Grounds. And so mm-hmm. us three, we collaborated on creating this teaching where, you know, we kind of essentially went through, like, what is going on? Like, where are these people coming from? What is going on in their countries that is, like, forcing them to leave? um and so we chose honduras as like the case study we were just like you know like that you know we don't want to exclude this just to hondurans but we're just going to use the country's like political like events recent or like those recent political Mm -hmm. events as like a way of maybe saying like okay these can also probably be applied to like the other countries that people are coming from too and not only that we even looked more into like the complications of like the asylum process in the u.s and like all and like we were debunking the myths um around like the crisis around like in that time and it was a major turnout. Like literally like <laughs> we were in a kind of lecture room that was that could probably have like maybe 60 people and all of the seats were filled. People were even sitting on the ground or like standing. It was huge. It was so huge. Um and that was like the start of everything. Like from there we kind of like ran with cafe um which was extremely extremely exciting. And so I would say that that's how like that idea came up of just like and like mm-hmm. we're not like represented here at all, or like even if we are, it's very, very minimal, but it's never about mm-hmm. like what is actually going on there. like how can we contextualize um you know Central America as a whole and so sent that message out, reached out to berkeley <laughs> and, and and everything it just kind of like came. Um, you know, our, it, it just like started aligning. The universe heard us, and here we are to mm-hmm. this day. Yeah. Yes, yes, and that is amazing. And for a lot of people, I think, we forgot to mention, but a lot of people got first stand from Central American or Carmen right? As awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, it's really amazing how you know. Everything started, I know it's kind of like two years, almost three years, right? Um About the creation of, uh, of CAFE right there in the Virginia University. And how amazing did that turn out the first event, right? And how when you reach out to people, people are able to get together and form something beautiful and form spaces that... Probably they were looking to have a space like that, and instead of you know, um, go to those spaces, they created it, and I thought that is very very amazing. Um, since it has been almost like yeah, right, almost well, it's going to be three years. Um, for cafe to start, um, that has been out, and your campus. Have you seen any uh positive or any negative changes? okay um i would say like in terms of positive changes um it just it literally just like this major like sense of of community like within cafe um like you know we're small but Like it's there and it's present, and it. And I've just been noticing that our reach is also like increasing as well. So, like, we're bringing along people Mm -hmm. that may not even identify as Latinx at all, you know what I mean? Yet they're, Mm -hmm. you know, wanting to be a part of cafe or like learn about cafe or at least just go to the events, you know? And so, Mm -hmm. it's things like that that has been like really, really like fruitful to see just because you know, to an extent, it's just like, like, wow, like, it's it's cool that we're putting on an event that somewhat has to do with Central America and people are coming out. That's like, it's actually like physically seeing people coming out is so awesome for us just because it's, because we already feel like people don't care about Central America, right. And so in in a sense, there's like this like validation, if you will, of, you know, wow, like we're here and people care about this info and things like that. And of course, like we've had events that the you know, where the audience count was very low. And that and that of course can depend on like so many factors of just people not being able to make it to not being able to come, whether it's for class or work or mm-hmm. they weren't feeling good or they just didn't want to or forgot, like et cetera, et cetera. Like those are all mm-hmm. real things. Um, and so we still try to like reach out to people also like in different ways. So like we have a newsletter, um, where like we that's where we put like the events that we're going to be holding or any campaigns that we're doing or things like that. Um, mm-hmm. and we also like share like other things that other organizations are doing that we think that, um, you know, our constituents if you will, like, should also be going to or we mm-hmm. would encourage them to go to. And not only that, but, like, the first part of the newsletter that you'll see is actual, like, news of what is going on in Central America as well. Um, mm-hmm. And so we think that, like, that newsletter in of itself and also just us as individual members, like, sharing events or, like, showing up and showing out to other events held by other student organizations, especially if they're minoritized and marginalized um, like members, um, is that it's just like, you know, sure. Like, like our cause, like what we, you know, stand for as Guffet is very, very important. Um, but you know, our struggle is not exclusive as just our struggle, right? Like, all struggles are interconnected Mm -hmm. thereby that means like we need to have solidarity across the board from all races religions ethnicities genders sexualities etc right um and so like seeing that and like that standpoint that we've had like it's been cool seeing how other people have been interacting with us and like and then us, all of us, like together, like going around and like just learning more. And so it, that's been really, really positive. And then in terms of like negative, like, um, you know, I I will say that there have, you know, in the past there have been like tension between there, like there has been tension between the Latinx community, um, at EVA, just because you know, like we're all different types of people. We're all different types of leaders and we all have different mm-hmm. priorities as to what we should be learning about or what we should be sharing with the masses or like things like that. Right. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very common for example, to see like in social movements, like different groups, right. Of like people who may be like more quote unquote radical or like, or may or others that may want to focus on other aspects and of course like all of that is important mm-hmm. but sometimes we don't always meet eye to eye and i think that's okay i think that's okay right like i think it's good to have as well to an extent like that type of variety um mm-hmm. and so i would say that in terms of like tension like maybe that has been like pretty much the only like negative thing that has like really come out but just in general i would just say that like pos- like it's just been like positivity in the sense of like this new sense of community, like people feeling like, also, I would even argue like more proud of like claiming that they're Central American, which I think is that in of itself is huge because, you know, of course, like everyone is criticized. (laughs) Like I would argue that a lot of people are like criticized by like Spaniards just for like being Latin America. Right from being um latin Mm -hmm. american as a whole but then we also deal with this weird dynamic of like you know mexico hating like central america especially those Mm -hmm. from the you know like the northern triangle as they say and so like Mm -hmm. being able to have discussions on that and like having these like complicated discussions um in general about, like, anti-Blackness in Central America, anti-Indigeneity, like, you know, like, like, Mm -hmm. let's talk about, like, these different, like, issues that are going on, but also we have noticed that across the board, to like, it hasn't been addressed as much, like, with other organizations on our campus. And, of course, like, like, I'm not trying to say that everyone should be covering everything in the sense of, like, we're also students we also have like our own capacities this is not work that we're getting paid for at all and like things like that and I completely understand that right because even like our team we have our own like limitations um Mm -hmm. but I guess it's just more so like also like being being there and like showing out and just like showing that sense of like community with other people in the community as well to thereby form a bigger type of community you know Mm-hmm. Um, that's always been like super important and so like I would just say like in general like that's been like a major like just positive thing since the creation of Cafe
1: yeah, and
0: I'm glad that you know most of the thing has been positive um, as you mentioned you know people are more proud of this is their central market and I think that is very huge here uh, Karen, this podcast we have talked um the first few episodes how you know Suzanne and I felt in high school and I feel like going to college where you have those spaces that you cannot hide who you are, right? And not only you cannot hide, but at the same time, you're learning, right? Um, For example, you know, you guys pick on almost everything, you know, like from, you know, for Afro communities, from our indigenous community, from, you know, us as we're community, diverse people. Right. And we know that. And to have space, spaces that can be safe for us to have that conversation, because as you mentioned, yeah, sometimes we have to deal with that ugly and also disgusting stereotype from you know, from other communities, and to have a space where we can go and talk about our problems, and to not only talk about it but to learn from others, and to be able to share our point of views without being criticized, without being picked on, without being just ignored or erased. Mm-hmm. from, I think it's a very beautiful, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful, very beautiful thing because then right, we all need those spaces and. Um, As Cafe keeps growing, uh, and the Central American community keeps growing, what what do you think our community can learn from Cafe as well as other institutions can learn from it? Wow. That's one heck of a question. (laughs) I guess just in general, like, (laughs) I guess just in general, like, um, what they can learn is. Uh, yeah it's really difficult to answer honestly I would just say that like you know specifically like cafe at UVA right like one thing that we have always tried to do is like try to tackle these uncomfortable almost like taboo overlooked conversations um, that are difficult to have where we also call in our own people right like we call in like the mestizos of Central America. We call in the white Central Americans, you know, and we like try to say, like, look at what is also happening to the groups that exist within, you know, what is known as Central America that may not even identify with where, you know, the respective country that they're a part of because they've been ostracized by that government and by those people, right? And so... Mm-hmm. you know we try to have these conversations on like what is our relationship to colonialism what is our relationship to us imperialism and how have we ourselves have been like you know i guess like influenced by or we have taken in principles of white supremacy that we keep contributing to our own people to the like the separate yes. ethnic groups you know the indigenous groups the afro indigenous groups that exist all across like central america you know like like mm-hmm. what is it like it, it, i feel like it's very easy for people to like be like oh like the spaniards are the colonizers you know things like that right it's mm-hmm. very it's very easy to point to spain which of course like i'm not i'm mm-hmm. not someone that is not going to say like no don't point to spain but what i will say though is like don't forget that in many ways like we're complacent in that as well because of this like you know colonial idea that we have that we're trying to almost like bring ourselves up you know what I mean and so I would just say like as a whole like we try to have these different types of conversations we also try to uh, align ourselves with different organizations on campus um that like ideologically like aligns like more with us um and we do that as a whole by also creating relationships like within the community and not only within the UVA community but also we try to do it within the greater Charlottesville community and like our like since our you know we've had difficulties um since we're also a new organization and as a core team like currently like we are like pretty small and like capacity has been like a problem in the past um so like to Mm -hmm. the best of our extent like what can we do to get like more involved um and 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 bring people um also like to like the university to also like talk to us and like learn with them and think with them like what is going on like within central america and like things like that and so like we try to do like a like a range of things here um by creating relationships by creating the sense of community by creating you know these spaces where we can have like the you know these conversations and then also creating spaces where we just appreciate you know aspects um, about central america too right and so like when you have all of that together I think that's when it creates something like really beautiful that in so many ways you're learning about each other and you're creating like a mutual, like a mutual and like overarching like, no sé, como orgullo, orgullo of Uh of being Central American as a whole, whether you're half Central American or whatever, or not only that, but also like this orgullo or like this yearning to learn more about this region. Because as a whole, like a lot of people, you know, don't know about Central America and we can't blame them because we're never taught about mm-hmm. it ourselves. You know, everything, everything that we have learned, everything that we have put into like our events, like that has been like our own research or has come from our own experiences or things like that. Right. And and I know that the other cap- chapters mm-hmm. like do the same thing. You know, they they like put their like heart into everything that they do. And similarly to other organizations that aren't titled like cafe, but that they do focus on Central America, like across, like, like we found some like across like the East coast and that's been exciting for us. And hopefully in the future we can like connect more as, as well. But like, we know that like, these are spaces just as a whole that is just important. And so I would just say like in general, like, like, I guess to answer the question, I'm sorry, like in one sentence, um, what, But I think like institutions or like other organizations can learn from like cafe at UVA as a whole is just like, you know, care about your people, like learn with them, like be proud with them and just like create a space where, you know, we can think together, enjoy each other's company and you'll be surprised like how far like keeping those principles will take you. Amen, and honestly, that is very, very, very true and important. And I'm obviously very um, glad how you know the spaces can, you know, like, like you said, we you guys call out and we too uh, call out the the mestizos that way, um, um, central rankings because and even when we call them out, we're actually calling up our own family, and I felt that's. It's a process that we have gone through, how we see each other. It's like, no, I don't want to have those ideas. I want to be better. And having the spaces, you know, it's not to criticize others. It's for everyone to learn. And for I always see as a, to see ourselves like, oh, why am I doing something wrong? Right? Because not everyone is perfect. And um, for me, when I was going to school, I learned so many things back in my country that I want to learn it here, I knew that was wrong. Yeah, you know. So having those spaces that you can do an auto, you know, evaluation type of mm-hmm. thing, where you're like, you know, I don't want to be part of that because that's not. If, even if it doesn't hurt you, it's hurting someone else. You know, and this I for me is very important, and probably to a lot of people because in a community where it's so diverse and. You want to be able to be more inclusive, even though it's sometimes it's hard. But to be more inclusive to everyone, um, sometimes you do have to go through that. And it's very important to, you know, like I said, have a space where you learn, you guys grow together, and at the end, that means that it's going to grow more. And to go out of there, one of the things that I always keep thinking is thing in the future we can have organization or spaces like cafe, like GALSA, uh, like you know, Central American spaces and of course other, you know, communities too in high schools uh, level because most of the erasure, most of the um things yeah, most likely most of the erasure comes and starts in high school and or middle school. Mm-hmm do you think in the future we can have that and do you think is that going to be possible one and second do you think that can actually help communities like central American communities Uh, yeah i definitely think like i definitely think they can be beneficial too i honestly like as i said earlier you know like the way that history is taught all across the country especially when you're in the southeast like it's very selective right like you're you're not told a lot of things um particularly when it comes to you know relationships between the US and Central America and if you and if Central America is mentioned it's kind of like brushed over or it's not given the amount of nuance and complexity that it merits um, and so I feel like if organizations, you know, some these Central American spaces like existed within like, as early as like high school, for example, like, I think that can be like, really like, helpful for students um, who like to, to try to like, be like more, I guess, like sure of themselves, because as we know, like, you know, in high school, at least, like, in my case, like, I was very, like, unsure of, like, who I was, and, like, even my culture, and things like that, because I also grew up in a space that was predominantly white, that made me question, you know, or, or, or just made me not want to be proud of the fact that I'm Honduran, it didn't make me want to be proud of the fact that, like, you know, that both of my parents, like, um, you know their types of professions like my mom is a domestic worker right like my my dad Mm -hmm. is a farmer in Honduras like all these things like it didn't make me want to be proud of these like certain things especially when it came to food like there was just like a lot of like Mm -hmm. microaggressions that were all wrapped into one that I didn't even realize were microaggressions until I got to college you Mm -hmm. know what I mean and and I Mm -hmm. I, I definitely (laughs) think that it was because like not having a space like that um, was a thing, at least for me. Now, of course, like there can be quote unquote, if you want, you know, informal spaces, like in terms in, uh-huh. and I honestly genuinely hate using that term informal just because I uh-huh. feel like there's like a sense of invalidation to it, which there is not, but essentially a space that doesn't have to be institutionalized. Like, you know, I definitely uh-huh. believe that there are, you know, students across high schools that have those spaces that aren't institutionalized, that, you know, it doesn't have to be a school club, but rather just an area like a a friend group, if you will, where a sense of community where they can find community with each other and just kind of like share things about themselves. Or even if it's just like laughing Uh about like, I don't know, that words that we use in Central America as compared to others. or or to other countries, Mm -hmm. like, things like that, like, I think those types of spaces are extremely important, just because it's, like, you're creating this sense of community, you're creating this sense of, like, self-reassurance that, like, who you are, and where your family comes from, or where you come from, matters, and it's valid, and regardless of how the media also, like, represents us, right, um, Mm -hmm. and I, like, I, I do see, like, you know, there's a high school that we have, like, connections here, um, that there is, like, a Latinx club, right, just in general, Latinx club, but a lot of the people within it are Central American, right, and, and that's really cool, too, just, like, seeing that, so, you know, maybe sometimes, like, the, the title itself doesn't have to be just focusing on Central America, like, if you're trying to establish, like, an institutionalized organization at your school for example but even if it's within like you know just a general latinx club that you you know in that way you can also find like a sense of solidarity and try to like you know talk about like dang like why are there so many misunderstandings between like my country and yours like if you can do that within that space i think that's just as equally as important too um but in yeah. general i would say like yeah i i i believe that in the future especially now i don't know like i've been talking about this lately just with um some like i for my thesis um i've been doing some interviews with uh people that have reached out to me um after like um like it having it like having it exposed like on twitter and then like through instagram channels. Uh-huh. um and I've been having like conversations with um, these people that I've been talking to, and them just saying that, like, in school, like, some of them were kind of like ashamed of like identifying with being like Central American, or in like specifically my thesis focuses on like 100, like, um, like racial identity and perceptions of race from the Honduran perspective. And I'm particularly speaking to Hondurans that have a relationship with Virginia, South Carolina, and North Carolina. Um, and, uh-huh. and just because I would say that even like within like the, like that experience of being Honduran or just, in, you know, even in general being Latinx in the Southeast is a very particular um, type of experience. And so when you have someone like from, For example, like for myself, who I grew up in a space that wasn't that, you know, yeah, there were Latinx students, but also I was like separated from them because of the types of classes that we took, which is also in general Mm -hmm. another systematic form of like separating people. Right. Um, Uh Yeah. But like, I didn't feel very sure about myself. I had a lot of like, I guess, like anti-Honduran in me or just in general, like there were just aspects that i internalized that i would just Mm -hmm. hear like even my own classmates say that it just didn't make me even feel proud of like being latinx or or just like a minority in general honestly if we're gonna be real about it right and so when you have like spaces like these that like people as young as like high school or even like middle school that if they can like be a part of like i think that would be like honestly like just monumental and like and like definitely like revolutionary just in the sense of like you're doing like self introspect you know like introspection and just like learning more about yourself like through other people as well and so I think it would be very Mm -hmm. useful and it would be awesome to see that um and the reason why I bring up the whole thing also like with you know these participants that um, I was speaking to like for my thesis like Um, one thing that we would talk about like during our discussions is also like this rise like of hashtag Central American Twitter or like we're seeing like these new platforms Mm -hmm. that are focusing on Central America for example this podcast in of itself right like this is something new and I and I definitely see I don't think that these like instances of you know having like organizations like Cafe at UVA like erupt you know like like Mm -hmm. this plus other platforms and then like people being more active on like social media or like creating like content relating to Central America I don't think that they're like mutually exclusive I think it all comes together I think it's all interconnected Mm -hmm. and I do think that there's like a wave of people being more vocal and people being like more proud um or you know just wanting to claim Central America and reclaim it and recontextualize like what does it mean to be central american or what does it mean to come from x country and not only that like dive more into the nuances of like what does it mean to be black and honduran for example right and what does that mean if Mm -hmm. i'm black and honduran but like i'm engaging with mestizos who don't understand me like these are important conversations that we need to have because if we if we continue to ignore them the way that we continue to do like we're not going to get anywhere personally like it's one thing that yeah we can all say for example we're all Honduran but like there are people that are automatically excluded from that term Honduran you know what I mean like and, yes, and and, yes. and that applies to the other you know places in Central America too and like um, and some of my conversations that I had with people like for this thesis like um, we really got into the nuances of, like, Punta, for example, right, of Punta and And literally, I had some truly, like, enlightening um, conversations with them, and they know who they are if they listen to this. I don't want to, like, completely, like, name-call them because they may not be comfortable with that either. But, you know, we're, we had these conversations on, like, okay, like, for example, on TikTok, punta there's like a punta challenge right but people are putting like mm-hmm. hashtag punta hondureña and things like that or, mm-hmm. or hashtag punta catracha and it's just like no <laughs> like that's not it like mm-hmm. like by by you doing that you're also committing a type of erasure although like punta is yeah. something that is shared like you know or something that a lot of people in honduras try to claim as if it's like a hundred and thing. And it's not. Like uh, Punta is also mm-hmm. danced in other Central American uh, in countries like Belize and and Guatemala mm-hmm. and Nicaragua. And and we need to pay respect to that while, you know, also like enjoying mm-hmm. it. Um and yeah, sorry, I really diverted from the original question. But- <laughs> essentially yeah but essentially like if you can have conversations like that in these spaces like even from a young age like i think like we could progress like just so much i guess quicker not that like sure like i i personally am the type that i can be impatient like i i do want like things like system structures to be dismantled like you know at the blink of an eye but in the end, like, of course, like, I do realize that does take time. And I feel like if we can start that when we're younger, like, if I had the type of practice and the type of mentality that I have now when I was younger, I can't even imagine where I would be now. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, train, um, yeah train them young. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know, it's very important when you said I honestly believe in that. As an American, we usually use the term, oh, I am a American or, you know, um, so just, you know like, and so that's, but a lot of people, I always say, and I have tried to make my family understand that that by using an Indian or mallin Belizean, the um, they come it's an imposed identity because it's an identity that it does not include many of, or you know, Garifuna, Mosquitoes, or or Indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. So we have to have those conversations, and sadly, we got to those conversations till so we. Are in college, you know, I started thinking that, wow, like, yo siempre acá con mi bandera but I'm not realizing, you know, that point, you know, that side of what does it actually mean, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, and why you talk about punta, it's, it's very sad how people can appropriate from others' culture, you know? Uh, we see you know our Califuna community you know, in Honduras in Guatemala and Belize and Caragua they're a very huge part of our own you know culture right but well, we don't it, it's it's very complex to explain to someone that don't want to have a conversation but I always said the punta is Califuna and me as a I'm very thankful that they share it you right. know with us, it's very important to acknowledge them. You know, it's very important to respect them from knowing their music, from their culture, their tradition. But we need to, at the same time, think that back in our countries, they're not represented, right? And by mm-hmm. us just saying, "Oh yeah, la pata hondureña y la bailamos y que te, que te que because I think that like, was like, we're making that like, research. So you cannot be too faced to come and say, oh, let me ask for that because of focus on the line and talk about these issues is because you need to acknowledge it. Absolutely, right. Like, like exactly. Like, in in these various conversations that I was having with these participants and conversations that I've had, like, even just last year or, or years before, um, of just, like, you know, people love punta they take it and and they run with it yet where where are y'all when you know our garifana brothers and sisters are being murdered <laughs> like in honduras or exactly. or that they're excluded from getting resources or or that there are barriers for them to get resources and that's just one example right and so it's just like things like that that it's just like it doesn't it it. It's like they want to they wanna enjoy what they see, the fruitful parts of mm-hmm. the culture, yet they don't want to put any labor into preserving the culture, right? And if yeah. anything, yeah. they are just, you know, in many ways, I would also say by a lot of, you know, you see a lot of mestizos, a lot of white Hondurans, like on Twitter, for example, or on TikTok that also dance it wrong, right? They just...
1: They just flat
0: out dance it wrong. And that's also another that's another part of the problem that is just like, Mm -hmm. you know, you you can't even like dance it right. And And I'm not saying I'm an expert either. Like, absolutely not. But it's more so of just like, don't try to claim that it's like yours. And you're also like, kind of corrupting it in a way. Exactly, and I feel that that is honestly very important. And for a lot of people that don't know, actually, um, many Kari-Kunas, um people, what I can talk about in my country, Honduras, is that they have been fighting for them to have rights because in Honduras, they're not recognized as indigenous group. You know, mm-hmm. because they said that they are right to Honduras, they were right 500 years ago, they don't recognize that. So they cannot... Sometimes they steal the land. Sometimes their rights are not protected by the indigenous, um, uh, what's it called indigenous right. And I not know specifically where I have seen it. And that's another conversation because it's like Absolutely. they have been there for years, for years, and they need, and they, they, they need, and they deserve the rights of everyone. Their and their land needs to be respected and the kids of their community works needs to be respected as well and we probably can talk years about this um, about this issue and the story you know TikTok has seen it so many times and probably I don't wrong you know probably also so expensive wrong but we cannot just think just think that we own that side yeah no absolutely yeah this, this topic yeah. in of it itself can definitely be like its own episode cuz like it's it's very interesting to talk about like these dynamics in of it itself and also you know it's it's just when when you really come down to it it's just the fact that you know there is inherited like anti-blackness anti-indigeneity that is you know mm-hmm. amongst our Amongst like you know el pueblo hondureño and other in mm-hmm. every in honestly in every country of Latin America truly, um, but seeing how it manifests like within Honduras and per- particularly over like you know Punta and and the conversations mm-hmm. that surround it and like you see commonly like on Twitter like people arguing, um, mm-hmm. you know that other people oh there's uh, so- a lot of Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's just ridiculous to me that it's just like, you're fighting without listening at all. You're not listening to what people are trying to educate you on that, you know, one, it's not their responsibility Mm -hmm. to do that, because that is exhausting. It's exhausting. And the fact that they're even doing it, like, says a lot about, like, how much it means to them that, like, you need to correct it, like, you need to correct that image, you need to correct that understanding. And, and that's exactly how, like, for example, going back to cafe at UVA, that's exactly part of the logic as to why we wanted to become an organization at this institution in the first place, right, to correct that logic to correct this like misrepresentation or this lack of 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 representation you know what i mean and so it's the same the same thing applies with members of these smaller ethnic groups that exist in honduras and in other parts of central america and they're just doing what they feel is right to do to tell people who are part of the dominant culture like hey like you're doing it wrong or or can you at least like just credit us like you know it's not like they're saying that they that uh-huh. like they can't dance it right it's not that like if anything like you know like you're you're bringing mm-hmm. rec- you're bringing maybe more recognition to it or whatever not that you know they needed you for that but it, like just in general it's mm-hmm. just like you know when you're arguing without listening at all like you're like essentially like everything your 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 xenophobia like everything is just shining through it's radiating through but you know i i come from a family like i i personally identify as like miss that's how i've been treated my whole life so that's how i identify i do have family members like that are Garifuna themselves right but i i personally don't identify with Garifuna because i i'm 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 just not it right and so This is definitely, like, a topic that I would definitely encourage y'all to maybe, like, reach out to um, some Garifuna people who can, like, speak more to this and they can, like, explain more the nuances Mm -hmm. about it. Because, of course, like, to you know, with my knowledge that I personally think is limited as compared to, like, other folks, I can only say so much about it. And additionally, just in general, like, it's not my positionality to, like, be like that. I guess, but also like mm-hmm. I do find a responsibility of holding like our counterparts responsible as well. Of at least like mm-hmm. if they're not gonna listen to the Garifuna peoples, then maybe they'll listen to me, you know? Maybe, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that with us. And actually, I think the same way I see you. I feel like I can only speak so little because I, um, as you said, I honestly identify as a So like, I cannot talk. You know, you know, they're the ones who know more about these issues than others. And definitely, we're trying to reach out to them. Hopefully, soon we can have an episode with them. And yes, thank you so much, Joanna. Do you want to say anything to folks? Um, no, I think I'm good. Like, I just want to say thank you so much um, for having me for allowing me to like share a little bit about the history um, of cafe, like here and like what we do. Um, And I encourage everyone who is listening. to, like, reach out, like, if you'd like. Like, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, um, cafe at UVA. And also to follow, like, our other cafe chapters, too. Our comrades are doing some incredible work. Um, all of them are, are mm-hmm. located in different parts of um California. And the work that they're doing is just so important because they're also, you know, just fostering that very necessary sense of, like, community, um and having like you know the conversations that you know we described in this um podcast earlier and all of that good stuff and and not only that but like also just in general like other organizations that are doing that important type of work at other institutions like also on the east coast in the you know in the midwest like all that they're they're doing the work and it's important to like just be there and at least like root for them you know and, and additionally, mm-hmm. when it comes to like organizations that are just within the community, like in Washington, DC, for example, there's CSpis, right? right? <laughs> um, uh-huh. And that's, an, orga- and that's yeah. an organization that we've been trying to um, develop like a relationship with just because, you know, our, our university from DC isn't like too far away. And so um, that's definitely something that just in general, like, to have those like trans, you, you, those like transnational or like, you know, like national um like relationships with organizations. That's something like super important because especially like we have a relationship with this one organization called Witness for Peace Solidarity Collective, and they're doing absolutely incredible work across Latin America. They're based in like different countries. And one of the countries that they're based in is, um, is uh, Honduras for example right and they also like do work with uh, in collaboration with other organizations in Guatemala and you know just across the board like in different parts of Central Mm -hmm. America and it's always in in like us like having that relationship with them has been extremely fruitful for us just because um like if we're going to be talking about Central America, like in general, or trying to like talk about like the issues, like we also just think that it's important to have a relationship with the people who are also are at the front lines of what is going on in, in whatever country or in the region as a whole. And so just in general, like reach out to these orgs, like support them, like follow their work and like see what is actually like being produced out there and join it if you're able to. But, yeah, just in general, thank you so yeah. much. Um, I really appreciate coming on here and having the space to share. And thank you guys for just having the space of being e- even able to do this. Oh, Thank you. Thank you so much. And all the uh, cafes' links to their social media will be in our notes. So if you guys want to go follow them and support them, everything will be the same and not like us Always. And thank you, Joanna. Thank you, Joanna, for being um, with us today and for sharing this amazing knowledge. Thanks. Us. Thank, thank you. you. Don't forget to check out our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list. Also, follow us on Instagram at Centime Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Centime Voices Pod for more updates. And don't forget to come back next week to hear our newest episode.